Welcome to the Point of Difference podcast. Graham Revolt, Moon's been terrific. He's dangerous here. What a wonderful goal. That is magnificent. Oh, brilliant. An opportunity for uh, Geary to come through. He's had the hair trimmed and now Mill gets hold of it. Plugs one, two, inside another. Right foot snap. That is simply remarkable. will love this. If he kicks a goal, he'll be one of the happiest days of his life. <laughs> there he goes. There he goes. He's happy. Really happy. Adventurous. Kicks it long out. No, but Milner flew so early. He's ended up getting it somehow. Oh, no. How did he get the footy? This would be an extraordinary achievement. Stephen Milner, what a kick. What an amazing goal! <laughs> Welcome back to the Point of Difference podcast. We've got um, our next guest who played 275 games uh, for the Saints, second most by any rookie of the AFL. 574 goals, four times Saints leading goal kicker, two time All Australian. I'd argue stiff not to get into the five, personally. <laughs> and Saints Hall of Famer, it is Stephen Millen. Welcome. Good day, boys. Thanks for having me. So, Milne, there's no doubt that you've got quite the resume. Um, it's an absolute honour to have you on our pod. Looking back at your AFL career, how would you describe it? Yeah, thanks for having me, boys. Um, yeah. I've done a few of these in isolation. Everyone's doing pods these days. And um, I'll look back at it now. It's probably a time to, to reflect after I've been out seven years now. And um, for a skinny kids from Hampton Park who, you know, got overlooked from, you know, three or four drafts. And then ended up playing, you know, 270 odd games and a few grand finals. I, I feel pretty privileged and I'm pretty lucky. But as I say, you, you create your own luck. And, um, you know, I did work pretty hard to play my first senior game. Um, I did play 50 odd kind of reserves game before I got my, my senior game. So I had to do it the hard way um, by not getting picked up in the draft and obviously getting picked up in the rookie draft. But it's kind of now, as I said, I've been out for a while that you look back at it and look back at the success I did have and think, um, yeah, I, I did okay while, while I was playing professional sport. So you did play rep footy when you were younger um, for the Stingrays. What was that like? Like, was there much of a sort of elitist type thing or was it pretty relaxed or what was it like um, with that? No, it was pretty relaxed back then. You just, you just, you know, you're 16, 17 years old and just playing footy and um, obviously you get you get knocked back from a, from a few um, kind of big teams and stuff like that. But to play the Stingrays um, for a couple of years under the guys like Fev, Ramanaskis, Crowd, um, Jack Atten, et cetera, was pretty special. But then I was kind of, as I said before, a kid um, and kind of got overlooked um, in, mm. in the 98 draft and I had to do it the hard way. But it was, it was good fun. Them years we did um, have a couple of good years and lost to Granny to North Ballarat in '98, where Adam Goods ended up kicking six or seven goals. Um, <laughs> and then he went on to have the career he had. Now, you've mentioned that in the past that the rookie list needs to stay, which I tend to agree with because you know you've got to find players in less traditional paths. But yep. do you reckon anything could be changed about it? Um, I'm not. If it's don't broke, don't you know? Don't fix it. You know what I mean. So um, it's been working for, for so many years, and um, you know the guys, you know, like the Pods, the Ardleys, and mm. myself, Dean Coxes, and all that. The, the mature yeah. age guys are, are getting look are getting looked at these days. Obviously, with what's happening at the moment, they're looking at cutting lists, and that'll be a bit of a mm. bit, bit disappointing. But 
I, the rookie list is it's been going forever, so I just think keep it because it gives guys like myself that get overlooked and yeah. get a chance. If, if there is a few injuries and you're playing good in the twos and there's a spot up, up for grabs, you can grab it with both hands and obviously make a career out of it. So um, I was lucky enough, so I think keep it and don't try and tinker with it because as soon as mm-hmm. they tinker with it, though. They'll probably stuff it up. He couldn't control it either, Del Santo. He's got it again, slipped over, feeds it back. Opportunity for Harvey. Goes down towards Hartford. Look out! Oh, Revolt! Remarkable! Nick Revolt running with the flight of the football. Obviously, it's no secret that Jack uh, Nick Revolt <laughs> was one of the great leaders of uh, this century. Do you ever think you took it for granted having such a, such a great captain? Oh, Max, it's a good question. And um, obviously, you guys don't know him like I do when you see him on the TV commentating and, um, you know, speaking the way he does. He's just so so smart and leads, by example, on and off the field. So you, you probably did at the time where you did you think how – we knew how good he was and how much of a elite athlete and professional and the way he prepared, um, you know, 24-7. Ben Axel. We did take it for granted that he'd have one of the best kind of captains that secured a footy club's ever had. I was going to ask, do you think that post-footy you've seen sort of a more relaxed rewalt, I guess, as opposed to, because he seemed a lot, at least in interviews, he seemed really stressed out a lot of the time, whereas post-footy he's been, you know, a lot more relaxed? Yeah, well, it's, um, that's what footy does to you, the uh, yeah. 4-7 lifestyle of, you know, getting yourself up. Um, trying to get your team up, trying to win games of footy, you know, with, with the media on your on your back twenty four seven. And in, in saying that, you know, Nick had severe knee injuries for the last yeah. one seven or eight years, so um, he would have his knee drained on you know twenty thirty times throughout, mm. you know, his career. So on on the back of that, him trying to get up and play footy each week, and then lead by example and play well every week, and then try and get the boys up. Um, that's why you would have seen him, you know, a bit tense. But um, mm. to us, he, he didn't say tense. He just did what he had to do. And that's why you're so good at it. Yeah. All right. Um, so, I guess talking about on-field players, we've got, you know, Hayes, Rewalt, um, Goddard, Del Sano, some of the best players he played with on-field. Do you have any good stories about <laughs> off-field players? You know, best off-field? Yeah, well, they're obviously all them guys were lucky enough to play 10, 12, 12 years with. And um, there's obviously one guy that comes to, um, he's, he was an animal on the field, an animal off the field is uh, Stephen Baker. He uh, yeah, he can't have one or two um, beers over dinner, one or two glasses of red. It's got to be 100 or zero. So he's probably <laughs> wow. the best. Um, yeah, he's got no, got no off button and we've had a few good <laughs> footage He's done some crazy things that, you know, we can talk about another day, but nothing too yeah. strenuous. Just, it's just yeah. a life of the party and he just, he, he loves a good time. And, and Adam Snyder, who, uh, who coached uh, me in the 2016 flag at Bo Morris, um, you know, he, he, he uh, loves a bourbon and you know, like everyone loves, loves a drink at the best of time, but they're probably the two that, you know, you have the most fun with. So it's yeah. a small bloke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> small bloke, sort of catch up with you guys. <laughs> so um so yeah i'm just gonna put this out there this is a, a statistic that i found crazy um you sit fourth for the most goals kicked for small forwards with only betts lee matthews and kevin bartlett in front of you you sit with some pretty good company um how does that make you feel 
Uh, yeah, well, but it feels pretty special when, um, you know, it doesn't get mentioned a lot because, you know, like not a, a lot of sportsman's nights, but when you go to a sportsman's night or, um, or do a podcast or you do an interview uh, and it gets mentioned, you've, you get a few, yeah, a few, few tingles go up the spine and, yeah, yeah um, sure. when you when you're named with them, you know, guys in a elite company, it's uh, it's pretty special and you know, it's something I'm pretty proud of. And I look back on, look back on what I was able to achieve um, playing for the Mighty Sainers, I suppose. Yeah. Um, we've heard so obviously with Triple M, they tend to um, put a bit of mayo on the commentary. Yeah. And I've noticed recently. Um, Jared Grant didn't take too kindly to the microphone head tag. Microphone head. What, what did you think of the tip rat tag? He goes looking for the tip rat Milne. Gets rid of his man. Now he's at the tip little Milne. <laughs> Milne! Kicks a tip rat Milne. Oh, there he goes. Off the back tip rat dangerous. Oh, he actually picked the pocket of Rioli. You'd never see it. He don't get An unbelievable performance there from the tip rat Milne. High inside 50. Milne! Milne! Yeah, we didn't really know about it until, you know, people would kind of spoke about it after the game. So it's not a, it's not a great nickname, I'll, I'll, you know, like. Um, and I've, I've had a go at James Brochure a couple of times. I didn't, you know, don't think he would like to be called that. Um, but they got a bit of a laugh out of it and it, uh, it made everyone a triple M. So if they want to get a laugh out of it, but um, it's not the greatest name I would have thought going around. <laughs> so... Which backman would you say was the hardest to play on? I'm a, I'm a mad Catter supporter, so was it maybe a Corey Enright or who would you say was the hardest to play on? <laughs> you know, I've only played on Corey Enright a few times. Um, yeah. He was, he was pretty tough. He was more kind of a um, bit offensive, kind of back pocket. Yeah. Um, Jared from Sydney I had a, a lot of battles, number 28. He was the kind of guy that just never went for the ball. He was just, if the ball was there to get, he would wouldn't even go for it. So we had a, a few good kind of tussles um, over the years and it's probably even or I might just got him, but I would get him an Eddie hat and he would get me at the SCG. Yeah. Um, but two of the toughest guys to play on um, over and over again was uh, Mark McVeigh and Mark Johnson from the Essendon Footy Club. Uh-huh. They would, okay. Every time you'd get the ball, um, you know, they would hurt you and, you know, they would pinch you behind play and, <laughs> punch in the back of the elbow and stuff. So yeah, they're they doing most toughest. Yeah. Yeah. Back up the next day with a few bruises and you've known you played a game of footy. Yeah. <laughs> now, I guess on that same note, what were some of the worst sledges you've got from uh, some of these? I've got a bit of a lisp. So every time <laughs> I spoke, guys didn't understand me. So I've, uh, I've, I've copped that my whole career. So that wasn't relatively new, that one. Yeah. And, um, you know, like you look like a dwarf and that kind of thing. So nothing, nothing yeah. major. I love banter on the field and a bit of sledging and kind of got me up and about. And yeah. especially with the uh, with the opposition cheer squad, it's Collingwood cheer squad and the Port Adelaide cheer squad. I used to blow them kisses all the time. They used to smile with no teeth and stuff. And I would say, go to the dentist and get your back and stuff like that. So, <laughs> love it. <laughs> it's it's nice. it's- there's not as much of that nowadays, is there? With the talking to the crowd. I follow uh, Toby, Toby Green a much, and oh, he, yeah. he gives it a little bit. So they, need, yeah. they need a bit more of that. It adds a bit yeah, of character. It's like to he's the sport, almost. I yeah. That's why uh, yeah. Toby Green's so good. Um, now, 
I got to ask that. I don't know if you remember the goal you kicked against Port Adelaide in 2010, I think it was, where you pretty much volleyed it from the boundary. To Jones and back to Eddie. Swinging it forward in the Goddard direction. Milne. Oh, oh that was clever. Oh, oh, goal of the century. I think stiff not to get goal of the year for that one. Although Buddy did have a fair effort. Yeah, it was. Um, no, but... Um, yeah, I was just lucky enough. I, I knew what I was doing, and I was lucky there was no one on the goal square, and I just kind of, kind of bounced through. And so you knew what you were doing. You knew that. You knew what you were doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't trying to send. I wasn't trying to send it from there. That's for sure. <laughs> Amazing goal. Amazing. So there's no doubt you were quite a, a durable player, um, with you barely missing any games through injuries or suspensions in 13 seasons. It's pretty amazing. Um, do you reckon that's because you weren't going hard enough at the pill or why do you think that was? <laughs> I'm just smart, boys. I'm just very yeah. smart. Let the, <laughs> let, the, let the tough guys in the midfielders um, and the backmen do all the crazy stuff. And yeah, I've never heard of that two-way running. <laughs> they had the big guys way. And um, no, I was pretty lucky. I had a couple of um, uh, check injuries that I had to fly back, um, drive back from Perth with an elbow and um, I, I was kind of when I got injuries towards the back end of my career um, with a, a knee, knee clean out, ankle clean out, nothing major, um, but then kind of just had a couple of impact injuries, um, had surgery on my elbow um, and a couple of cheekbones that I had to get some plates put on my cheekbones just with a, a, ray el- uh, a rare elbow um, in Perth, I had to drive back and it took me three days, four days to drive back and Oh yeah, 10 that was um that was a long few days with one of the head trainers. Um, now you obviously played under Ross Lyon, who I do have a lot of admiration for, just due to his weird nature. Um, can you tell us any of the gold that he sort of spewed over the years, say in training or after a game? Yeah, my boss. Yeah, as you say, we used to. And Ross left. We watched his press conferences because all these um, cliches and yeah. and stuff. He's just, a, he's just a very, very intelligent, smart man. And um, what you see is what you get. But behind closed doors, he's he's kind of not like that. He's just so genuine, mm. and you know, we'll come out for dinner and have a beer and, and, and stuff like that. So I, I worked really closely with Ross. Um, you know, he kind of they were going to give me the ass in '07 mm. and. Kind of got me a three-year contract and um, kind of yeah. still mate still. T- so, Heard of um, Yeah, there's plenty of stories there. We probably don't have enough time on uh, on this <laughs> podcast to, to tell them, but um, yeah. yeah, all the players love him and um, yeah, just did what he said because uh, once he got his ears pricked up, he he was one <laughs> scary man. If you did everything right, because I heard it. Um, I was listening to Mickey Barlow speak about his time at Freo, and he was saying he had favourites. So he'd be, you know, if, if Fife got tackled during a training drill, they'd basically just give it to him. Did, you, did he have any favourites? Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, obviously, Roy and Lenny um, and Dale, they're, they're probably the, the three that come to mind. And um, obviously, there's guys in the team that are really good kicks and some guys in the team that are really shit kicks. Um, and they just kind of have to, have to play their role. And if uh, the guys that... Was shit kicks of the footy, and they were kicking the footy. He would go off his head, and <laughs> Nicky Del Santo, the handball, and um, Robert Eddie didn't give it to him. He would yeah. go nuts. They give it to Nick Del Santo because you're a shit kick. So, um, 
Uh, it would have been good to get Nicky Dow down because I reckon he got an extra 100 kicks from just running around the back you know, getting the ball off the, the guys that weren't yeah. so good as him. So, um, and if Lenny or Rui did get tackled at training or something and there was no need for it, um, yeah, I, I, I wasn't doing that because I was too scared. But a couple <laughs> of guys, and I had to do it for 400, that's for sure. Yeah. I guess uh, finally, post-football, you've played in a premiership for Bowie. Um, how special was that to you? I've also heard you were quite a huge fan on Silly Saturday. So how's post-football treated you? Yeah, I was pretty lucky after my uh, career. I went to Bendigo for two years with a, with a close family friend and won back-to-back flags in 14 and 15 up there. Mm-hmm. Um, while I was at Bowie and, um, yeah, the Silly Saturdays after the grand final were pretty good. I went as a clown, got stuff with the clown, got a little three-wheeler and was riding around the pub on the, on the little three-wheeler the whole day and... That was pretty funny. And then, um, obviously, 2000, under Snides, um, yeah, it was, you know, I wanted to get by Miles to A grade, or not just me, but try and help by Miles get to A grade. And um, to win that flag, um, you know, with Snides um, in 16 was pretty special. And, yeah, it was a long, uh, a long three or four days after that, that's for sure. I'm, I was about <laughs> 36 then, so it takes me a while to recover, but it was well worth it. Yeah, well, I guess. Uh, thanks, yeah. Hayes, for yeah, yeah thanks so much for pod. joining us. Um, hey, time boys, party, hope it goes well, and um, yeah. yeah, keep punching. Cheers, boys. Yeah, great. thanks a Cheers, lot. Man. Cheers, thanks a lot. See you later. See Who do you want us to interview next? Comment or message us on Facebook for your requests. You can check out the Point of Difference podcast on all major platforms as well as on Facebook. Have a great day. <laughs>